Good evening. You know, Good I didn't evening. Even, I, I just, all of a sudden I thought, I didn't actually check to see if Brian's microphone was going to register. It does. So God, God is good, right? Um, oh, you're better than you think you are, Joe. No, no. I, I actually, I, uh, I, I know that uh, my attention to detail is, um, you know, a weakness. And, uh, and, I, and I would call it a growing edge, but it's not like that's something I'm going to improve. It's so, not growing. It's just an edge. Yeah. I'm just going to acknowledge it's not something I'm, you know, it's, I'm not going to get better at it. It's not part of who I am. But I get things be- uh, right more often than wrong. Yeah. So Well, you know, yeah. and they talk about some of the, the people who are all about making the best out of yourself, that sort of thing, is sometimes what you need to do is just acknowledge your weaknesses and then get better at your strengths and not and not – not trying to be perfectly well-rounded in all your weaknesses. Just be really good at what you're really good at. Yeah. 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 There's, well, like I'm, I'm never going to be like, I'm never going to be like the guy with the strongest legs in the room because I have these, you know, pretzel sticks and it's just, there's just certain things that we're just not going to get past, you know, when it comes to that, I do have a lovely gray beard and I can lean into that. You can. You should be Santa sometime. No, no, that would require me to put on some weight that I'm not very interested in putting. Oh, on. that's what a pillow is for. <laughs> no, what we. Really I had need. to play Santa recently. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. All right. I'm, yeah. What we, you know, I, I'm fairly certain that our our mutual friend Sean has been growing that he beard out specifically well. so he can do that. And really. I think I'll have to talk to him. We, should, uh, it, we haven't been playing together for uh, about a month, so I haven't chatted with him much. But well, anyway. and Mark's beard's looking pretty good too. Yeah. So thus far, this this conversation has been very us centric. <laughs> so, but that's kind of the way we are at the start. It's like oh, yeah. my, I wonder how many people just oh, this is the start. Fast forward, fast forward. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you because I've done a few podcasts that. Um, sometimes I found that when you got to like the heart of the conversation, it stopped being interesting. Oh, right. That, uh, people would, when they're vested in you, sometimes they just want to hear you hang out and talk, which is cool and sad all at the same time. I don't know if sad, but odd, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, and I don't mean this, I mean this in the kindest way possible to, to some people who are listening. It's almost voyeuristic. Sure. Well, one of the most popular shows on YouTube is Rhett and Link, Good uh, Good Mystical Morning. You know, and it's just, have you ever watched it? No, I'm going to watch it now, though. Oh, it's worth watching. It's ridiculous and funny. A couple of middle-aged guys, you know, just doing dumb stunts. And it's every day. Um, well, it know. sounds like, like, like what is that? Um, practical, Impractical Jokers. Oh, that one I don't Ever know. see that show? No. Yeah, the boys love that sh- that show. It's about trying the, the middle aged men doing stupid stuff and pushing them to do the dumbest things. And yeah, it's funny. Yeah, but it's like, what are they doing? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I want to acknowledge this sweater. Some people don't know about this sweater. This sweater is probably 
35 years old, maybe more. Uh, mm -hmm. My great-grandma, who was from Denmark, would always make us sweaters for Christmas. Um, they uh, were lovely efforts. Um, and then As she made, they often are. Yeah, and she made this. She was actually really good. Uh, she just didn't know how big we were, and oftentimes we outgrew them before we received them. But she made my dad a sweater. It was brown, and it was um, pretty ugly. And he, and he loved it. It was his favorite sweater to wear. Well, one year she made him another sweater, which is this one, which she was much more proud of, and said, please throw that other one away and wear this one instead. So what he did is he gave me the new sweater and kept the old one, and we just didn't ah. tell her about it. So this was made by my great-grandma Madsen when I was probably 14 years old, something wow. like that. And um, the buttons have fallen off and stuff, but it's warm and it's comfortable. And it's not – if you imagine that this is not attractive – it gives you some perspective on what the brown sweater was like. <laughs> <laughs> but for you, probably was the same thing. It was from her. It was comfortable. It was warm. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, and uh, it, you'll excuse the, my, my transition, but it kind of dovetails a bit into, you know, as we're remembering people that are no longer with us, dovetailed is a bit into our conversation from yep. Sunday. Um, where, you know, the, the, the topic was, was grief and, you know, I'm, I'm all all down to talk about grief. Um, I, you know, I I'm probably more fascinated with that than I probably should be, but um, <laughs> so I want to give you some space to 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 talk uh, and provide your elevator pitch about what the kind of core points were. Well, and and it's and one of the things I'm going to ask you is yeah, as you know, I, I've talked about it a lot in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. I've done that sermon in some form probably five times in the last two years. So a lot. Um, and it's about lamenting. It's about, you know, it's very informed on some of the things I've learned about grief, you know, like that, that you don't have an option to, to grief. You know, if you love someone and you've lost them, you will grieve. The issue is how you're going to do it. And just realizing things like, you know, if you don't grieve the way you want, you'll come out in other ways like anger or depression or addictions or withdrawing and all these different ways. So learning how to grieve the way the Bible suggests we breathe, we, we grieve um, in part. One of the ways is to lament, which is to express pain and grief. And it's it, it's something I just I feel like I need to be reminded of a lot. And I know we have a lot of people who are <clears throat> grieving and the simple summary of it is just turn in express your pain to god which means you got to know what you're feeling and sometimes you don't realize that you are grieving i mean you don't re you know you're angry and you don't realize that that's why you're that there's actually grief and you're not just annoyed um but it's it, it requires a degree of mindfulness of what's happening in your own life and heart and then just living this in front of god how you're really feeling um and then once you've done that, there's the you're trying to move towards the place where you've you you trust that God's got you, that He's going to provide some hope for you, that that in the end things are going to work out because God's bigger than whatever your grief is, and um, and so you may need, part of the process maybe asking God, I need this to happen, and starting that it, it's not really just a 
a simple, you know, vending machine request. It's more of a conversation. Mm -hmm. God, this is what I want. And let's, can we talk about why this is happening? And you're just having a little bit of a conversation as he moves you as you, as you have that conversation with God, with your, with your, what you want and your pain, as he moves you to the place of God, I'm going to trust you're going to take care of me. So express your pain, choose to trust. There you go. Do you remember <clears throat> this is something you brought up toward the, the beginning of the, the message, but <clears throat> the first time that that um, you were that you grieved, like you, you were presented certainly. with that. Yeah, certainly. Death of my grandma. And my, how old were you? I think. I think I was late high school. Okay. I think I was pretty sure. No. Yeah. I think, yeah, it was late high school, late high school. The death of my, death of my grandma. I remember, I remember the funeral, you know, and I, I remember speaking at it, which was terrifying, but I just, I had to do it. Um, yeah. I mean, cause I think, I don't even think I had experienced the death of a dog up to that point, hmm. you know, and we didn't have goldfish. So I didn't have to deal with, <laughs> right a little thing like that but yeah it was it was it was death of my grandma how about you um yeah i remember it really very uh tangibly you know it very <clears throat> tangibly is probably the wrong word uh i, I it was before i turned 11 i was 10 mm-hmm. uh, and uh my mom knocked on my door woke me up and said your your grandfather brookhouse is dying hmm uh, he hadn't died yet. My dad was in the car driving to the Dalles. Yeah. And um, and he died before my dad got there. And um, hadn't really, hadn't experienced an animal dying or anything like that. I mean, I had, but I didn't remember it because it happened when I was too young. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was just, <clears throat> it was a good time to be introduced to that because I loved my grandpa. Uh, I didn't see him every day, but he was such a character that he had a real strong presence. And I, you know, I still, I can see him very, you know, in fact, I I own a coat that I wear specifically because it reminds me of him. I bought it because I'm like, that's something Grandpa Brookhouse would wear. And um, you're so wonderfully sentimental. That's a compliment. It's, it's a burden (laughs) too, you know, Uh, I, I'll drive past my old houses. You know, when I talk about grief, I also talk about the loss of relationship, um, the loss of memory. Yes. Um, the house I lived on and lived in in Milwaukee. We lived there for six years, the longest I lived anywhere before we moved into this house. And I'll drive by it and I'll just get sad because yep. it, it, what it represents to me is <clears throat> the last time all six members of my fam- my parents, you know, all four kids and my parents lived together under the same roof. After that, um, Eric went off on his own. Everything changed. And my parents divorced. And um, the when I look at that, I, I see I went from fifth grade to my sophomore year in high school there. And the really cemented my relationship with my siblings and my parents. And uh, a lot of formative years. And I see mm-hmm. that, and there's this fantasy that I have that someday I would buy that house back. But mm-hmm. it doesn't really mean anything because 
it w- it's not the same place. The same people wouldn't be there. No. And I can't afford it. So, uh, but that's the kind you, of thing. But you want to buy back that moment in life. You want to get back. Yeah. What, what I really love about that, and I'm so glad you brought that up, because it's one of the things I really wanted to press, was <clears throat> the recognition that there is more things to grieve in life than simply the death of somebody you love. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think that's a concept that I don't that I could I, I know I don't think I really got until these last maybe five or six years of my life. I think I've always known it, but I didn't really consciously recognize that there's so many things to grieve in life. You know, the 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 moving on from a house. You know, I, I remember when I left my house. Uh, on on Lyle Street in Dallas to go across town to another place to another it was a nicer house it was fun but I grieved that and mm-hmm. I was in third grade and it's like I can I, I remember saying but I know every crack in the sidewalk where I ride my bike it's yeah. like that was a grief but I didn't recognize that I needed to grieve it and how and to grieve it well and I wish people would realize that. Because there's so much to grieve. Yeah. Just, I, and I, another, thing that? That, another thing that you said that I also appreciated is that, you know, we talk about there's not, you know, grief doesn't have a, 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 a set duration or a time frame, but it, when a, a, a wave of grief hits you, it doesn't have a specific duration either. No. <clears throat> so there'll be times I'll be sitting at the, the, the kitchen table and all of a sudden... Boom, I'm hit. In fact, it happened to me this morning. I'm sitting mm-hmm. in a chair and uh, I was listening to some music and something really about the music reminded me of when I was in my early 20s when Marissa was just a baby and mm-hmm. and that relationship was falling apart and I was thinking about how hard that must have been for Marissa. That song very specifically brought me back to that moment and I just had to cry. I just cried for a few minutes. It didn't last very long. And then I just went, wow, I guess I needed that. I needed an opportunity to, to grieve that a bit more, you know, the loss yeah. of that time. Uh, because yeah. she didn't live with us for a long time. And uh, I grieve that. And I, I think, I think you, you again, you're, you're touching on something of gr- processing grief, it seems to me, is not a one and done mm-hmm. thing. It's something that you go back to over and over as you process it again. Like you process it through it once, you go, okay, I've, I've worked through this, but then you're, you, you're going to have to come back around to it again often Yeah, for many of the griefs. Not all griefs, but a lot of griefs, especially the big ones. There's always something more to, to, to feel about that again. Right. Uh I remember last couple of years of my dad's life, at some point I asked him if he still missed his dad. Oh, I'm sure he did. And he's I don't like, even have to. Yeah. Of course, right? Yeah. He's like, oh, yeah, all the time. He goes, every time I see a beautiful horse, I think, yeah. man, I wish my dad was around so I could show him that horse because he, he would think that's amazing. And how long had his, had his father been gone? Uh, my, uh, well, let me see. It would have been 30 some odd years. Same? Yeah. 30 years. Still, yeah, yeah, and and so I don't know. I, I just I think this is a skill we need to learn. I think I think it'll make us healthier people. I think we'll be able to be present with people better because we're not we're, we're not withdrawing. I wonder how much anger 
that's happening in our society and in our own lives is just unprocessed grief. Mm -hmm. I know it can be for me. I mean, I have people will tell me, Brian, you seem grumpy today. And I'm like, why am I grumpy? Oh, that's why. To, to realize that anger is, is an expression of grief was, was pretty eye-opening for me. How do you grieve? How do you find you grieve when you don't, re- when you haven't, when, you, when you're, you're not realizing you're grieving, how are you acting? I, I would have to say that I, I can't imagine not recognizing that I'm grieving. Huh. Um, it's... Uh, like well, actually, you know, when you mentioned that, I'm like, I know that that happens for people. I wouldn't say that specifically happens with me, and partially because um, my heart's on my sleeve. You know, it's all of a sudden I realize I missed somebody or something, um, and it's um, for like for this morning, for example, when I started to cry, I had to, I did have to stop and go, why am I crying? And I were like, oh, of course. It was pretty short. Yeah. We're talking minutes at most. Yeah. And it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can uh, just kind of connect, connecting that to the personal piece of it, you know. Um, So it's most of the time I grieve intentionally. Good. Uh, Yeah. And that's what we should. You're really in tune with your emotions, though, aren't you? I try to be. it's so no i mean it's um i don't i think i am uh give me there you go own it (laughs) when i there are times when like a time i would drive home from work and i would just i would drive past where my where my dad used to live and i would just i picked up my phone and i pretended like i was talking to him Hmm. as if he was there and he could answer i knew what i was doing I was pulling myself into grief, but I knew that I needed, I needed to grieve. And I just wanted to give myself the space to get, you know, to get there. And I did that, you know, I talked to him for a little bit and I pulled into the driveway or, and then I put the phone down and put my head in my hands and I cried and said, I miss you. And then I'm like, okay, let's go inside, you know, cause you, you don't tend I'm guess okay. This is what I'm hearing: is you don't tend to to stuff those grieving feelings away. I don't. No, I I'm pretty much. Oh, is there, there an opportunity to grieve? Let's <laughs> let's let's do that. Uh, almost to the point where, like, I I remember my dad crying twice at his dad's funeral, and once when he was just talking about his mom who had died 20 years earlier or hmm. 30 years earlier. Um, so I knew that he was an emotional person, but he grew up in a household where you did not express emotions. Uh, but I was fortunate. I grew up in a household where we were encouraged to express emotions. And I think yeah. it's good to acknowledge that some people who struggle to express grief have a, a family history or a family of origin where that was not acceptable, especially for men. I think so. And in fact, I would say that yours is not typical. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think, I think in mine, we didn't talk about that stuff at all. I mean, it's not that, it's not that they, the emotions weren't there very much. Although can I remember my father crying very often? 
very, very little, mm-hmm. very little, if at all. Um, but but for me, it's been I, I've just not been aware of what I'm feeling, which may seem really weird to you. But I feel like oh, no. I'm, I might be more normal. No, no, it's not weird. Um, we had a deal in our house for a while. We had a poster and it had facial expressions on it. And underneath of it, it had an emotion that was associated with that facial expression. And the idea was, um, especially when Sam was really young, three or four or whatever, wasn't sure what he was feeling. But because children are so dialed into facial expressions and eyes and mm-hmm. stuff, he could look at that and go, okay, I'm frustrated. I'm sad. I'm happy, mm. you know. Um, and so, so it, to me, it's not weird. And I think it's it's more typical where, like, uh, you're explaining for yourself, which is, I feel something right now, but I'm not quite sure what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's many different forms of anger. For for example, uh, anger from frustration is one. You know, where I know I did something that I shouldn't have done, or I could have done better. And I lash out at other people because I'm frustrated with my own decisions. Right. Um, those kinds of things. Um, and so I think like the anger that you're feeling and have not yet associated with grief, you know, it's one of the, those shades where you're like, there's something under the surface and you have to make that connection. Yeah. So and I, I want to, I want to say, say something and we, that, that I think, I think people need to hear, and that is that this whole discussion about emotions is not some navel-gazing, non-spiritual, Christ-like growth kind of thing. God is very much concerned about your emotions. And I think that's, again, that's something I've learned in the last few years is just the need to realize that to be Christ-like is also to emotion, to mm-hmm. feel emotions like he felt. Emotional right. maturity involves, being Christ-like involves mo- emotional maturity. Right. I think a lot about when Jesus, when Lazarus died, um, you know, and Jesus cried, of course he knew that, uh, that he could and would bring him back. Right. Right. In the same way that we understand that people we have lost, uh, you know, those who trust in him are are living. They're just not living here. Um, but it's still a loss. And, and we so Jesus modeled that for us. When you experience loss, you grieve. Mm-hmm. Even with that promise of eternal life, you grieve. And... There's no weakness there. I think that's also that, that there's a perception of weakness. And I find it's just the opposite, that it takes a lot of courage to to be vulnerable and to express your emotions, especially in, a, in uh, where culture often tells you that that's, you know, not manly right. or, you know, and uh, and. I think when you when you consider that men don't live longer than women, I think a lot of that has to do with um, unexpressed grief and emotion, sorrow. Think you know that 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 does wear you down. 
It does. You know, it does. It's and it, yeah. And if someone's listening who who doesn't feel comfortable expressing their emotions, that's why I try to encourage them. It, it just go take a drive. Yeah. You know, say I got to go to the store and get something, and then take the long route mm-hmm. and express it that way. Whether it's your your because you don't because I, I get that you know you don't want to you don't want to be weak and fine I mean if you don't I mean, that should probably be worked on too but until you do at least do it privately you know because I mean even and and I and I know for you although you feel your emotions all, all the time you don't you're very careful about when and how you express them you don't want to do like you don't you you're careful not to get too emotional during worship. Because you don't want to be manipulative. And I don't want to be a distraction. Yeah. And you don't want to be a distraction. So it's not that you just are just this big ball of emotion that has no control over them. You you choose when you pick and choose when you when you do it. Right? Yeah. Well, when when I can, yeah. I mean, there's definitely times I'm like, uh, I need to this is not the right time. Right. You know, I know how I'm feeling. Uh, but there are other times we were watching West Side Story, not the new one, which we'll be seeing. But we saw it. We went and watched the original one. And we uh, you know where it's going. It's not a surprise. But there's Sam and Vanessa and, and me. And we're all sitting on the couch. And we get to the scene, you know, where we lose somebody. And Vanessa takes off her glasses, grabs a tissue. So I know where she's going. I'm like, you know, it's coming. And we look over and Sam is like, so all three of us are just like, okay, it's okay. Yeah. This is this is fine. This is sad. We can be sad right here. This is this is terrible. You're modeling how to how to be sad. Yeah, That's, and yeah. I love the fact that it's safe in that environment for all yeah. three of us to express that. Um, one thing I miss, uh, it's not something you really see very much, especially in Western culture, is tearing the robes. You know, the the <laughs> physical demonstration of that extraordinary uh, gut-wrenching grief. And uh, I, I, I saw that on, uh, it was on news or something like that where somebody was getting terrible news and they tore their clothing and I just went, oh yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, you know? our, our culture does not do it well. And something like, like, not that we need to idolize necessarily the culture, but something like the Hebrew culture does it really well, yeah. you know, with the tearing of the robes, they have a whole litany of things that they do. Or they, you know, they grieve for an entire year and, and they have certain things that they do on certain anniversaries mm. of it. I mean, and, and it can become hypocritical and it could be going through the motions, but there's something to be said for they own grief and they really express it well. And <laughs> the Hebrew people have something to grieve. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah. Well, th- now, I will say that there is this. May, I hope this doesn't sound too strange, but there are times when I think it's appropriate w- to lead yourself into grief. Oh, absolutely. Um, there are times where I will, like, uh, I'll play a song that I know makes me sad and makes me think of somebody that's not here anymore or whatever. You know, it's almost like scheduling grief, you know, kind of mm-hmm. like the phone call I was talking about. Yeah. Be like, hey, um, it might be time to listen to that song. Uh, and uh, yeah, because in your head, you know, I need I think I need to reprocess that stuff again. Mm-hmm. I need to feel that 
I need to go there again for whatever reason there is. Maybe it's an anniversary. Maybe it's, I don't know, a time of year like Christmas or, yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's just I'll hear a snippet of a song and I'll go, oh, yeah, okay, let's find that song again. You know, because to me, uh, and I think everybody's a little different, but for me, music provides milestones uh, of points in my life. Yeah. And they take me to a place and a time and relationships. And uh, I actually create playlists for myself. One for, you know, like I have a playlist for 1976. And it's got uh, I Am Woman uh, because my mom would run around the house singing that song because it came out that year um Mm. and uh that's when the muppet show came out and so it'll have the muppet show theme um but it transports me back to that time and i get to celebrate that and also grieve for what that represents or the people that aren't here anymore so now before we go i I do want to touch on one last dimension because we've talked exclusively about how we process it within ourselves. Yeah. But there's, but there's an, there's something that needs to be said. A few things that should be said about in terms of um, relating to people, other people who are grieving Oh gosh. and how other people can help you grieve. Um, do you have some thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Um, there's yeah, a, I know you do. Yeah. There's a song uh Well, yeah, we've talked about this a lot, but there's a song that I play at church occasionally called Come Close Now, which is a a fantastic song about um, how to be with somebody who's grieving. And and one of those things is to shut up and just be with them. Be Job's friends before they open their mouth. Right. Just be present. Just be present. Don't don't feel compelled to fill space with words if you don't have words. and if you do want to say something, and what I have found is helpful, and you and I do this both, is, is to ask the person about their loved one who's no longer there. And, yeah. and don't be afraid of that because, you know, in my, my example, I wanted people to ask me about my dad so that I could talk about my dad. You know, um, it didn't make me upset. You know, and I wasn't looking for people to whose intentions were great, but to say he's in a better place and, you know, heaven's got another angel or whatever kind of trite stuff that is. And and it's not the intention is good. Um, but I uh, but to say they're trying to comfort you, they're but... trying to comfort me. And so I just encourage you to, you know, a good hug is wonderful. Um, if and, they want it. Yeah. If, if Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, um, our, our, uh, when, you can ask, would you yeah. like a hug with Tom, for example, um, uh, when, when, when he lost his mom, it was, can I, can I give you a hug? I mean, yeah. and I didn't ha- you know, and I'm sorry and just be present with that person. Don't try to fill it with words. Yeah. You know? And I think, I think that's a really helpful thing to say because people, people want to know what to say. And the only thing that they have ever been taught to say is I'm so sorry for your loss, mm-hmm. which is okay, I guess, but it's not that helpful, you know, mm-hmm. and certainly as a Christian, you know, I mean, you don't know for sure. Sometimes they're not in a better place, right? Yeah. You know, so don't assume that or ask, were they a believer? That's not <laughs> helpful. Instead ask, 
tell me about them. I think because then you then you can have the information to maybe give that info. <laughs> but but certainly yeah. that's really helpful to just simply say, "Wow, can you tell me about them?" Right. You know, Mark Lyons when his dad passed, he uh, he had these wonderful stories about his dad. It was at Stanford, right? He, yeah. he was a dean at Stanford and. Um, some of the crazy stuff that he was involved in down there. They I just know, make these stories. wonderful stories, and you you can see a person's eyes light up a bit. Uh, something that I really felt over past time, but one of the things I really missed about my dad is that he didn't want a service, and so we didn't have one. Uh, and I found myself jealous of, which sounds silly, but jealous of people who had services for their loved ones because people express their admiration and affection. You would have liked to have gotten that, yeah. Uh, yeah, because uh, you want to know that somebody who is valuable, important to you was an important person beyond the scope of just that simple relationship, you know. Um, to hear people share something you didn't know in a, mm -hmm. a positive thing. I don't... <laughs> you can learn so much about a person at a, at a memorial. Yeah. Let, let me... I want to come back to that, but I want to say one more thing about the previous is one thing that's not helpful to do is to is to, to burden the griever with your own grief when you're not closer to the person. I remember a grief counselor at Kathy's mm -hmm. work use the image of, of, of circles. I know that we're going a little long. Hopefully you're okay with it's that right. is, yeah. is she used the images of circles. And if you are in that circle that you can talk. So like say the, the spouse and the, and maybe the children are, are they're in the closest circle. Mm -hmm. The, the, the friends and the families are not in that circle. So those people who are further out from that, further removed from that person, they don't get to express their grief to them because then that griever, that the, let's say the spouse, has to not only bear their own grief, but yours as well, and that's not helpful. Does that make? Am I making sense? Yeah. What they're saying? Yeah. Um, it's it it's nuanced. It, it's. Um, there's, there's a part two to that about expressing it with other people. Yes, but go ahead. Right. Uh, and, and also, it, let's say you are a person outside that circle and you do miss that person. You legitimately miss them. Mm -hmm. The a, a better way to express that would be to say, to share one of your stories about that person with the person inside the circle. Sure. But not in a grieving way, but to say, you know what I loved about your mom or I loved about this person. Yes. I remember this one time we did this and it was really special. Like that, because yeah. you're sharing something that is a gift to the person who's grieving. It's also an expression of your own grief, but not a burdensome one. Right, because it's sometimes what I what I found, especially in funerals, is that people who are not closer to the to the deceased make that moment about themselves. <laughs> it's like, wait a yeah. minute here, 
Yeah. I, we do need to share our grief, which was the second piece of this. We do need to do that together. And, and that's what I love about memorials is you can find, you can, you can commute, you can do this together. It's not, we are social animals. We are socially created. We're meant to live together. And so sharing grief with each other is huge, but we have to be careful about how we do that. And so, as you said, sharing a story is really helpful. Yeah. It's obviously we could talk about this for days, uh, years, probably. Um, I know, but I wanted to put a little couple of pieces. No, I in appreciate there. it. I do. Like I said, I, and it's, there's no lack of, of, uh, interest or enthusiasm. Enthusiasm is a strange word to use when you're talking about this, but, um, I, I get a lot of comma comments about sermons when I do grief. Yeah. I still do. I did. Yeah. I did Sunday. Yeah. It's 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 one of those things where we we need to be reminded because when you first hear the message let's say you may not have a need for it you may not understand in the same way that you probably didn't understand the depth of grief that you would experience when you lost uh, when you lose a parent until it had happened right. to you and you know my dad was dying for 12 years it was always on the horizon uh, and so I thought personally that I was prepared it to some extent. But, um, yeah. And then when it really hit, it was somebody punched me in the stomach and I couldn't breathe for two yeah. years, you know. Um, and so it's it's every time you you talk about grief, someone has been, um, you know, Indoct not indoctrinated. There, there, somebody new was in the club uh, yeah. because um, I just that was a when my dad died was a, it was a, a period of time where a lot of people in our church lost their dads. Yeah, you know Justin and and you, uh, my friend Mark Pierce. They, uh, yeah. uh, is it Stephanie? Wait, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Jesse's friend. Um, oh yes, Bob. Yeah, um, Bob. Sam. 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 Sisney. Yeah. It was just, yeah, yeah, that's right, Samantha. There we go. Um, but but too, too many in, in that period of time. It was a season of that. Uh, and it was like, wow, we're all joining this club. Nobody wants to be in it. But that's when you're like, please tell me all you can about how to grieve. Because I don't have, I don't have those, uh, I haven't developed those muscles yet. You know? Yeah. Well. Is there any quick, is there just checking, seeing if there was any comments and then we need to get going. Mm -hmm. Nope. No comments. All right. Maybe there will be as we go along. We didn't need to change the title of this. It's not about good shepherd. Oh, okay. Well, so next week, uh, it will not be the normal podcast. It will be right. the sing along. Not sure where that's going to take place someplace inside or maybe outside the house, depending on weather. Um, but so look forward to that. Uh, we're, last year we asked people to provide, uh, to give us some thoughts on songs they'd like to hear. I'm not asking for that this year because, yeah. uh, there were a couple of songs. I'm like, I don't know this and, uh, it's not going to go well. The couple we tried and they were terrible. Uh, so this year we're going to we'll keep it constrained to some things that we know and we're comfortable. Doing. There you go. So, Hey, have a good night. You too. Take care. We'll see everybody on Sunday. All right.